Maybe you're looking for a last second deal for the Christmas Day games. You decided, you know what? I don't celebrate it or I'm sick of my family or you know what? I want to take the family to a Christmas Day game, but you don't know what the best prices are for these games. If you've been tuning in the, over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Waz, you know what I like about this feed. It's just the two taps and you're out, right? Two taps on that app, on the app, I should say. Make sure you really enunciate. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, you've got tickets for the game, and you can get that. Dave? <laughs> Dave, guess how? <laughs> I don't like that. Hey, I'm Dave. Guess how? Guess the percentage you can get off on on some of these tickets. I'm hoping it's like eighty percent because I'm going to use it for some Trans Siberian Orchestra tickets tonight. Ooh. Okay. Let's cut in. Let's cut in a thirty percent there. Because fifty is good. Fifty percent. Fifty is good. Fifty. You guys want fifty percent off? Yeah. I can do definitely. you one better. You can get up to sixty percent off. Wow. Up to sixty percent off on tickets using the Game Time app. And again, Waz, how many taps is that? And you're out. It's two. Double tap, 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 two taps. Double tap. Yeah, two taps, you're out. Uh, now with game time, they're not just giving you great deals on tickets. They're hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what you got to do. Download the game time app in the Google Play or the App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, everybody. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code and expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. That's like a week away. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Welcome to the Back-to-Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Was people loved your uh, Paul George rant on the ding. (laughs) <laughs> they were like what were was like, what? uh cliff notes uh, basically the ridiculous. fans were nice and Waz wasn't having it it's just oh, it's so it's so it's so the corny. idea that this guy hurt. gets a standing ovation is just hilarious it just shows how like nakedly selfish the fans are and just it's just ridiculous like why is it better to demand a trade one year into your four-year deal than it is to just leave a free agency? False oh, we got something for him. So KD should have demanded a trade in 16? 15, 16? That's what, that's what, if only KD would have demanded a trade and not brought them to finals and conference finals and won MVPs and stuff like that. If only he would have did that, they would have just loved all on him on his return. It's just stupid. But I do respect Paul George for, you know, kissing ass. Uh, talking great about the organization where he's just like, oh, oh man, this is a it. class organization. You know, through and through, of course. They sent him to his dream scenario on a competent yeah, they, team. He got his money and then he got to go home. Well, Right. Yeah. So, like, of course he's praising them. They did right by him. He's actually he's actually making sense. But, like, two first-round exits and the trade demand earned you a standing ovation in Oklahoma, apparently. Shouts to the Prince of the Prairie. Though. At least you didn't call anybody a coward, though, Was. And that, that, <laughs> get, that, gets, that gets people mad. Not over yet. It's a bit much. <laughs> Trey. Yo, what up? How's it going, buddy? I was on mute. I had to turn the um, dryer off. The old dryer. Yeah. Top top 20 in, in noise pollution problems for me. I don't know if it's... <laughs> <laughs> Top 
noise pollution. <laughs> the dryer. Yeah, me, it's these fucking dogs here, man. Oh, my God. Yo, Kyrie hurt like this? Yo, he hasn't played in like 20 games, I just realized. <laughs> like, it's been a minute, Kyrie. I've seen him last. I probably was the last person to see him. <laughs> yeah, I think you were. 20 games? It's something like that, man. Like, it, he hasn't played since, like, I want to say, like, mid-November. Like Kenny Atkinson said, he's still making steps. And I'm just like, what is wrong with him? Like, he's making a positive step, but he declined to give a return date. Yo, the last time he played was was November 14th in Denver. And that seems like it don't seem like a long that don't seem like a long time ago, but it was a long time ago. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying, like, it feels longer. Like, like I haven't seen him, but but also Spencer's hooping, so like I forgot about him. Yeah, he's only played 11 games like it's Duke. He's fighting for a good draft position. Got to show him just enough. Got to get the mid-lottery. Man, I'm worried about that shoulder, man. I guess, man. I don't even know with him anymore. You know, like, right. is it a power play? No, nah, <laughs> yeah, I guess you never know. <laughs> I just, like, I guess for me, no. I was like, all right, it's not the knee. He'll be fine. Right. Man, y'all were too excited about KD, and he's not even playing. Yeah. Let me sit out for a little while. I know, yeah. Yeah, he realized, oh, this this season doesn't matter at all because no KD. I, I guess I'll, you know, I'll chill too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, especially like you said with that knee. Yeah. Well, it's not the worst idea. It's not. Yeah. They're, they're, he's he's certainly floated worse ideas than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, by the way, I, I someone, somehow in my timeline, the – Jalen Rose versus Skip Bayless first take. Yo, I just saw up. that. I just okay. saw that like 20 minutes ago. I forgot about that. Dude. Oh, my so God. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I saw it on Trey's feet. Yeah. It is so good. The positions were only created so a novice could follow the game. Just because you're a power forward, that doesn't make you physical. Just because you're a shooting guard, that don't mean you can jack up threes. That's what, just what were you, Jalen? What were you? What were you? Did you what average, were you? Did you average 1.4 yeah, points yeah, as yeah, a yeah, senior yeah, in I high did. school? Yeah. I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that Pistol P stuff, Water yeah. Pistol Pete okay. Jr. Okay, we'll we'll address that later. We're okay. going to. And Don't ignore that. Did you play junior? Yeah. Did you play we JV as a junior? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I followed you. What were you? you. Okay. What were you? What was your uh, position? I had no position. I have. You no were game. a point guard. I have no game. You were a point guard. I have no Am game. I right? That's oh, so rude. That's such a rude comment though, because Yo, that's okay. so right. I used to actually tell people that. Oh, it's gold. It is gold. Telling somebody that didn't play, so far. like you played JV in your junior year, is just the rudest shit ever. Like <laughs> he was like, One "Did you play JV as a junior?" Yeah, you know what's funny too is he's like, he's like, "We'll get back, we'll address that, and we'll address that later." It's like, how you gonna address that? <laughs> like, he's talking basketball. It's fine. Lots of people suck at basketball. He tabled it. <laughs> we'll we'll address that later. Okay. <laughs> See, he should have leaned in on that. I like he should have leaned in, had him bring up the graphics, career yeah. stats. God. I mean, it's it very interesting. It's the most real first take I think I've ever seen in my life. It was the like, last time see. there was a real conversation on that show. <laughs> they so they came back the following day, right? And had to address it, you know? And um, oh, did they? I don't. I, I don't. Re- I never watched. I never really watched first take. So yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't know they did either. When when I was doing the looking for the video, I saw that there was a oh. next day follow up thing. You know, and oh, um, and Jalen still <laughs> still like you know he's just like yeah it's a debate show but listen man you know <laughs> hey man 
<laughs> you come at me with, like personally. Yeah. Oh my lord, that's so good. It's so this all good. began, as you now know, with a tweet of mine of I don't know three four weeks ago, that was one hundred percent accurate. But thanks to the hundred and forty character limit, was about five percent of the real story. J Dog. I kind of like J-Dog. Yes. Uh, See, Teddy likes it. Is that Boogie? No, no it's, it's boogie. Ted. Did somebody up knocking at my door? So he's. I woke up for those those Kaepernick Air Force Ones. Timed it perfectly. Says you're in line. App crashes. I go back into it. Never made the purchase. It's like, oh, they're sold out. I'm like, come on, man. Like. If I if I was late, that's fine. If I didn't, but because the app crashes, it's because the app crashes. Then it has no record that I actually got in line for. Them. I can handle missing out just because I didn't time it perfectly, but not for the app crashing. If if wow. I told you that the sneakers app and league pass were run by the same people, oh my god, no, they one hundred percent are. I believe it. <laughs> the only the only way league pass works for me is on Apple TV. That's the yeah, only time it's, it, great it's like, on Apple it's, TV. yeah, it's like 80% success there. Like trying to watch it on like a laptop or something. It's trash, man. The yeah. only issue with Apple TV is that, you know, they rolled back features. So you can't uh, rewind anymore. Right. Oh no. Yeah. You just got to like, you're, you're locked yeah. in. What? They took that away. <laughs> Jade, Cause I'm trash. constantly trying like, to like, I'm trying to like, always try to rewind when it goes to commercial or whatever. Cause I want to, you know, like rewatch stuff. Yeah. And you can't do it anymore, and it's very no. frustrating. No, I'll do that, and then I'll like, all right, I'll hop on the laptop just to get you know catch that mm-hmm. you know minute before that I wanted to rewatch, and then I go on the, and it won't load or anything. It's just God, what a garbage product. I was baseball farther ahead than you. Wait, baseball is further ahead than two thousand nine. Baseball streaming, That's true, yes, yeah. like for a decade. <laughs> we got to um, get ball streams back, man. Ball streams was was where it was. That was the best. <laughs> Ball strings was a. Terrible. We gotta cut that out. This is the holiday, so we gotta cut that out. (laughs) Welcome to the uh, Basketball Buds. Basket Buds? I don't know what it's called. Basket Buds podcast on the Back to Back podcast on the old uh, Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Dave DeFour, Wozni Lambre, Trevon Edwards, and we got Jay King. Your Celtics beat writer for the Athletic going to preview some uh, Celtics Raptors Christmas Day action. Jay, how excited are you to wake up? Are you going to Toronto? Are you going to be there? Thankfully, Jared Weiss is going. I will be at my parents' house watching on TV. I'm so go. excited to miss the Christmas Day games. These are the It's the worst slate of Christmas Day games I've ever seen. Really bad. We were joking whoa, whoa, when, Jay, whoa, when Jay first got on. We're trying to hype here, Jay. No, we don't. We're not PR for the league. We're not league partners. We're not league PR. We keep it real here. Yeah, they want to pay us. We'll hype it. Paying us. So blunt. Nobody wants Nuggets Pelicans. Not a soul watch. Not anymore, right? Flex, Why do they like, flex these games. Flex man? that game, man. Flex all of them. Just so, flex it off TV. And LeBron and AD might be out. Oh. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Oh my god. It's it's it, horrible. The Warriors right. 
maybe the worst team in the league. The Pelicans may be the worst team in the league. <laughs> like, all yeah, these yeah. teams are just trash. The Raptors have everyone hurt. The Lakers may have everyone hurt. It's just awful. Um, James Harden might score 70. That is true. <laughs> that's something, right? But Giannis might hate it anyway. Cool. Yeah, well, that's true. Nobody will Oh, Giannis like is definitely doing something cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Bucks Sixers is the one good game. Yeah, Bucks Sixers. And, uh, and he is wearing the Soul Glow uh you know freak ones or whatever his shoes are called that's exciting we'll get a, i mean that's a, just a picture for the day the freak ones yeah is that what they're called they i don't know be. what they're called i think Air zoom freaks or something like that the yeah, zoom, yeah, zoom yeah. freaks yeah. Got whatever, they're the better than gordon hayward's barbershop shoes no matter what i don't know if waz would call them a barbershop shoe yeah, <laughs> waz, what are what are what are gordy's uh shoes for you have you seen those <laughs> Gordy's yeah, Gordy's shoes is like a uh, Ross's or Marshall's type of shoe. Yeah, sure. you'll <laughs> you'll be able to find those shoes on those shelves if they even sell them in the United States. I've noticed nobody was pressing Gordon Hayward to um on his geopolitical views when the China stuff was was haywire. But you know, black people who get no rights in this country got to defend American values. I love you. Love to see it, Zach. You do love to see it. All right, we'll, we'll get into easy transition here, Zach. Just gonna, Go ahead. Yeah, just gonna, just gonna, just graze over that one. Just you know, just like a, just a, like a, like a John Stockton pass over someone's hair. You know, just kind of you feel the whoosh of it. Um, Jay, you host anything is potable, right? This is the, true. Your Celtics podcast. You want all your Celtics discussion? Um, I know in the past, uh, the power rankings have been discussed on there. Seems uh, seems uh, seems to be something that has upset Celtics fans in the past. But oh yeah, you took a little heat for that 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 one week. There was one week where I only called them like a top seven team instead of the top three team or something like that, and it was you know I was panicked. It was it was totally fair to have them at seven. I yeah, was, I was oh, on your side there. The power rankings are out, by the way. I think they're third. This I can't remember where I put them. They're high though. I know they're high. You'll still uh, probably have fans mad at you for that. I know because the Lakers lost without. Did LeBron. you see what Jason Tatum did last night? Well, I want to. I want to ask you how that's going because we have, you know, we have Waz on here, and Waz, I wouldn't say is the the biggest Jason Tatum fan, but going into a Christmas Day game against the Raptors, even though everyone on the Raptors is hurt, um, what's the Jason Tatum story of this season? It has been kind of a weird season for him it's been his least efficient season he's averaging like 20 something points seven rebounds a couple assists and he's playing really good defense i think from an all-around standpoint he's playing well but the the shooting efficiency is weird like he just hasn't made layups he shoots floaters that just aren't necessary or wise he has like it hasn't been a perfect transition for him going into a role of like primary creator. Like obviously Kemba's the main guy of their offense, but he's creating a lot for himself really for the first time ever after they had Kyrie and Al Horford during the earlier stages of his career. So he's taking on a different role. He's kind of stumbling, but at the same time he's being really impactful. So I think it's promising, but also like he's still showing the holes. He still doesn't have the best shot selection. He still has some flaws. So you can see whatever you want in this Jason Tatum season. Waz, what do you see? Um, 
much. Look, I, I, I'm not. Oh, that, the voice went real high there. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just a full disclosure. Everybody knows I'm not somebody who thought Jason Tatum was going to be some incredibly unstoppable wing player at any part, point of his career. Right. Like, I think he's a nice player. He can do he can do things with the ball. He can do things off the ball, attacking um, closeouts and stuff. Um, I just don't think he'll ever be some primary offensive hub on a team that, you know, you can count on to get good looks consistently, right? Um, I, I like that he's playing defense. You know, I think Jay brings up a great point. Um, he's taking that side of the ball super seriously, which, you know, oftentimes you don't see that, Zach, when a guy considers himself to be like a quote-unquote bucket getter. Like, I get buckets. I don't need you to play to, defense. You don't have to tell me, Waz. Yeah. <laughs> right. Once you start hitting exactly. shots, I'm, defense goes I'm out the building. to the choir with yeah. that one. So I think, you know, that's something that's nice that can be taken away. Like, he has a winning mentality, right? He's he's willing to bust his ass on defense. Uh, offensively, look, my thing with Jason Tatum is he's never going to dribble past anybody. Like, he can't. One-on-one, he's not somebody who's just going to first step you to death you know, get you in bad position, get to the line. Um, if you're counting on a guy to make awkward 19-foot step backs, that's that's not something you want either. I think he's going to be a nice scorer. He's never going to be some elite wing threat, not in my opinion. I, I just don't see that for him. Well, I, I wonder if, like, I, I wonder if there are some comparisons. I don't think he's going to be the player that, that this guy was, but I wonder if there's some comparisons about like early Paul George and early Jason Tatum, just in the sense of like, I never thought Paul George was going to have a good enough handle to kind of, you know, do what he wants or create the shots that he wants. And, and he ended up working on that. Like, I wonder if Tatum can, can develop that. Cause I like his handles very loose, uh, but I think it's cor- like correctable might be the, a dumb word. Also, Jay, you know that there's like fake praise when someone says that a player can do this and can do that instead of he does do this and does right. do that. And that's what he <laughs> just did. Yeah. I, I, so I think, I think the Paul George model is like the model for him, right? Like Paul George became this elite, elite shot maker. He improved his handle enough where he can just kill you and he does it both ways. And that that's kind of the model for Jason Tatum. I think spending the summer with Greg Popovich was big for him from a two-way perspective because all Popovich told him was like, you got to be an all-around guy. All the best players in the league, the Kawhis, everybody, like they they play both sides. They they make an all-around impact. And I, I think that was good for him to hear. It's been rocky this year at times, but like he's, he's still only 21 years old. So I, I, I don't know. It, you really can see what, whatever you want in him. Like you can, you can look at him and think, man, like – like last night, he had 39 points, 22 in the fourth quarter. He got going to the extent and you're like, he can't. When he when he's making shots like that, he's so long and and tall. There's not much you can do. But then other times, he throws up nasty floaters, and you're wondering like, what the heck is he thinking out there? So you really can see whatever you want in him. I I go back and forth on whether I think he's going to become like like a top top player. Or whether he'll always have like those glaring inefficiencies to his game. I, I you know what's funny you about, about that to me, Dave. I'm sorry to cut, to cut you off. No, go ahead. Is that nobody ever thinks that about Brown? But I think Brown is better than him. Nobody's ever like, yo, Brown is going to be a great, you know, uh, wing threat. He's going to be some top five wing player someday in the league. Nobody ever <clears> thinks that about. Yeah, J- Jalen might about. actually be the better but profile for better. for <laughs> uh, for Paul George, right? Like he well, actually kind of does fit that better. The defense, right? He's already there. It's funny because Tatum does get all the hype. And it's like, Brown's 
Brown's had a more efficient season. His stats are basically very similar. I think the one difference though is teams guard Tatum like he's a guy. And they don't necessarily guard Jalen like that. Like some of Jalen's buckets are because they blitz Tatum off a screen and he gets so much attention that Jalen's on the weak side and he just has to beat one guy. Uh, At the same time, though, like Jalen probably doesn't get enough credit. Tatum may get too much credit. And it's just a weird, it's almost like they're fighting for the same attention on the same team. And, and it usually goes to Tatum for whatever reason. Maybe he's like a louder scorer. I don't, I don't know really why it is. Maybe it's because he's younger. Maybe it's because, you know, he did it from his rookie season. His moves Jaylen. are prettier. That's time. it. It's the move. The moves are prettier. They are like, prettier. The, 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 the setbacks, the, yeah. the contested twos with the guy draped on him. It just looks prettier. And people are like, wow, that's hard as hell to do. So if he can do something that that's hard, he's got to be special, right? Um, I think that's what a lot of times you're seeing. It's, it's like the Kobe effect, right, where, you know, he shoots 25% on game winners or whatever the hell it was in the clutch. And But every time he makes one, it looks incredible. So people are like, he's the greatest clutch player of all time. It's like Jamal Crawford, right? Like Jamal Crawford. Exactly. Yeah, Jamal Crawford one of my favorite yeah. quotes ever, I think it was in a Sports Illustrated story, Crawford was like, yeah, I play for the memories. <laughs> he's like I, I don't really play for it <laughs> like, that's I, I play for the memory that I, I i don't know if it, that was the exact quote but it was something like that and i thought that's perfect because you are giving memories you leave people with these moments that are like oh my god jamal crawford just a killer and then you look at his stats at the end of the season it's like he shot 40 percent. he didn't play much defense but man those memories like they 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 stay with you like jr smith saying open shots are boring right <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's just that's those are kind of two quotes that sum those guys up perfectly. And, and they're at least for me, they're fun. Um, what do we think about like in comparing? Obviously, it's tough because the Raptors are are super you know injured right now. But in terms of comparing Celtics to Raptors at this point in the, in the season and and where those two teams can go the rest of the season, like Jay, where are you on on just using the Raptors as a measuring stick right now? Or, or do you even consider them that? In the East, I see one tier being Milwaukee and Philly. That's the top. And then probably the Celtics, Toronto, and Miami in the next tier. Maybe Indiana if Oladipo comes back and is relatively healthy. But that's how I see it. I I don't think anyone is like a a clear, clear favorite. I think obviously the Bucs are this incredible regular season juggernaut. But I won't trust them until they they actually win something. And maybe that's not fair because they ran into the Raptors who had Kawhi and were just really, really damn good in the playoffs last Definitely year. Definitely not fair. Yeah, but at the I same mean, time, it's like – they, haven't, like they, they ha- haven't been dominant for like five years. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think that's really a, a fair you know, a assumption on – or I mean observation on this team that's literally only been good for two seasons and that they are continuing to grow and that they're going to have some hiccups on their journey. But, you know, like I, like I said, everybody wants everything now and that's just the era that we're in and just quick demand. But in the past, we've allowed teams to, to build up to five years and, and, and get good and then kind of say, all right, this is the same old team or well, they're the, yeah, the, last of the year Clippers. Was like year one. Yeah. yeah well, that's what I'm saying. Well, like, also, it's not wonder- like they've been doing, they haven't been good. Like it's like, I, Bucks fans haven't gone in thinking like, oh, we're going to win this game. This is the second year they've obviously been able to say that. And then, I mean, 
for the rest of the world to just kind of crap on their success is it sucks because it's kind of like oh it's the same well, old bucks well how much how much of that is the clock ticking on Giannis? which i you know exactly. i know bucks fans hate for us to you know keep bringing that up but like i think i think trey like to your point i, I think, think there's if, no if Giannis, well i think if Giannis was if Giannis was, you know, locked up under the, if he had signed that supermax for the next five years, I think it would be, all right, now they have time to figure it out. Right. Or they have time to, to settle into this dominance and, and, and see where it grows from there. But because, you know, a year from now, we're just going to be Giannis, 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 where's he going? Where's he going? Is he going to leave? I think that's what pushes a conversation. Like, I agree with you. I think they should be allowed to have more breathing room, but I, it's just the free agency conversation becomes so overwhelming. And they're also not the the normal emerging team. Like they they're an older team. Like Brook Lopez is thirty one. Eric Bledsoe is thirty, which seems weird. I always consider him a young guy. Chris Middleton's twenty eight. Like it's not like the, this is just like a bunch of emerging young pups that are coming together. Like Giannis is young, but he's on the clock, and everybody else is older. So that that's why I think. But back, back to the Raptors. Like I wish they were healthy because it would it'd be a, a really fun game on Christmas day. I, I kind of trust the Raptors a lot. I think going through the championship run kind of solidified them. Siakam is just a stud. He's probably to me, the third best player in the East behind Giannis and Embiid. And, and I, I love what he does. I love what he's become. And Lowry, Lowry might be my favorite player to watch in the league. He's just a little pit bull. I, I love watching him complain all the time. I love watching him like, like jump into flops. He has the most aggressive flopping maybe in the league. Oh, that's that. That's that Marcus smart, you know, getting to you where you, now you appreciate flopping. I'm, I'm, a, I'm big on, I'm big <laughs> on flop. like a, aggressive flopping is cool to me. As long as you, there are some theatrics to the flop. I'm, I'm in, if it's just a normal <laughs> flop, no, no, but but if you go over the top and it's just egregious, I'm cool with it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big Lowry guy. Gasol, like, he's gotten to a weird stage where he doesn't try to score anymore, but he still helps you. But, yeah, I trust them. I I, I think they're definitely in the second tier, though. Like, they are they don't have enough top-end talent to me to be in that top tier. All right, well, check out uh, check out anything is potable. You'll get the art of the flop in there. I'm sure that's a you know it's a new segment coming with uh, with Jay King. Uh, <laughs> check out all the Celtics coverage on the Athletic. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Jay, all that good stuff, and enjoy your time with the family and not in Toronto on on uh, Wednesday, whenever Christmas is. Yeah, guys, enjoy the crap games. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Thank you, Jay Dog. That's why they call him Jay Dog. Jay, quit know? calling him Jay Dog. I swear to God, I will. I will quit he this pod right it. now. <laughs> no one likes it. it. No one wants to be called Jay Dog. Jay, get no, out of here. I don't want to hear that. Welcome to the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. That kid actually reminds me of um, Wedding Crashers when the, um, Frank the Tank, no, not Frank the Tank, whatever his name. The, yeah. See, I was thinking yeah, J-Bone. J-Bone. I was Where'd J-Bone. You, where do you think Jeremy. Jimmy, Vallejo, Jimmy Vallejo got J-Bone from? J-Bone. The huge Crashers oh, man. Wow. That's I heard more of O-Dog, man. O-Dog. <laughs> Works too. All right, brother. Peace. All right. Take care, guys. Uh, speaking of the Bucks. We got the we got Bucks Sixers as the second game. This will be a good game, right? This is the best game of of Christmas. I mean, I don't know. I, I think the Bucks are probably just going to blow them out. I, the the Sixers offense right now is just horrendous. Their Constant. shooters aren't shooting, and and then people are yelling at Ben Simmons 
who we already knew couldn't shoot. I've I've noticed I've noticed as of lately, Dave, that people are are really tired of Ben Simmons. Yo, Kevin O'Connor killed him the other day. Called him Jaleel Okafor mixed with Michael Carter Williams. Sethy, you here? Sethy, hi guys. Was that was Was recommendation last week? We Australian? We just add the white everything? Yeah, no, because Jade's nickname is JD, so I was like, Seth. I promise you it's not JD. I promise you it's not his nickname. (laughs) All right, we got Buck Sixers. We were just uh we were starting to crap all over Ben Simmons, Derek. You you cover the Sixers (laughs) for the athletic. Uh you know that how uh how terrible of a player he is and how bad he's been throughout his entire career. And uh, tell me, what's the what's the the problem with Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers as they uh, currently sit? Like, let me check my notes. 21 and 10 on the season. Yeah, I mean, it really is amazing. Uh, this is the best Sixers team that they've had in 30 years. Uh, and it really does feel like a, a long season so far. Um, and Simmons really typifies that. You know, I think a lot of people – if you were watching him at LSU, he was a complete garbage defender. And there was huge concerns whether or not he'd ever be a, a plus defender, whether he'd ever have a focus on that end. And he's really taken a step this year into what I think should be an all-league defensive player. But the offense is something you should be very frustrated with if you're a Sixers fan. Like, I think a lot of people looked at what, at the physical tools that he had in the elite passing and expected more. And, and the work that he put in in the summer with the jump shot, which is really what it all boils down to. He, there is such a block there in terms of shooting those in game and in rhythm that I don't know how you proceed past that. Like I truth, I truthfully don't know if he will get past that block and it's extremely frustrating and it colors so much of the narrative and the conversation around this team. Um, he's, he's a real polarizing player. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. People focus too much on the jump shot. I'm way more concerned about avoiding contact around the basket because he can't shoot free throws. Get him some free throws, but but I'm just saying, like, focus on the free throws, and and I don't care about the jumper. The guy does so many other things so well and elevates the team in in a way that I think you can win with. I mean, we've seen other guys who can't shoot win. It's not you know he he all this burden for him to shoot jumpers, where the guys that you're paying to shoot jumpers aren't hitting jumpers, and nobody cares. Yeah. No, I mean, to me, a perfect Ben Simmons world, like in, in the future, you get a like a, a kind of like a playmaking pick and roll guard, maybe like a Malcolm Brogdon type pair next to him. You make Ben get a corner three point shot and then you give him that aggressiveness and that confidence to go to the free throw line. I agree with you. I do think a, a corner three so he can be useful off the ball is a huge deal in his development. But that confidence and that free throw ability is also a huge deal. Uh, they, are, they are both very big limiting factors. Yeah, the guy gets to gets down there. Um, whenever he gets the ball down close near the basket, instead of exploding through the guy that's defending him, he fades away. He clearly has no interest in any contact down there because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line. And that's the problem, right? Like, um, I remember Amin would bring this up when people would compare Rubio to Jay Kidd. And he's like, well, no, uh, Jay Kidd would score when he had the rock near the basket. Rubio never did that. And that's a problem. Like, it's not so much about the jump shot. It's what you do when you have the ball near the rim. Like, if you're not doing that either, then, you know, what's the point? And people, you know, when people wanted to be really derisive on Twitter, they would call him a 6'10 Rondo. But the bottom line is he kind of is. It's wild that that that's so disrespectful, but it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's 6'10. Anyway, I certainly agree with you. 
you know, there's, I mean, they lost a game a couple of weeks ago because he would not advance the ball out of a timeout, like, because he was so worried about getting the free throw line, they end up turning the ball over, you know, like three times in the final minute because he just, he, he didn't want to go to the free throw line. He'd run away from the ball. Uh, it is, it is, they didn't lose the game. They almost lost the game. They almost blew like a 13 point lead. Regardless, he, there's his unwillingness to shoot and unwillingness to go to the free throw line. It shows up in a lot of different facets and, and it's absolutely there. Derek, I want to ask you one more thing about Simmons because Zach brought it up one day and I was kind of mad because I had already been thinking and he said the take first. I hate when you do that, Zach. But um, a lot if of I this... never If I never stop talking, I get all the takes off first. Oh, it's a trick. That's my trick. <laughs> um, no, but a lot, a lot of it is to me is that um, Ben Simmons is kind of vain, right? Like, it doesn't look cool to badly brick a corner three in-game, even though you have to be in the practice of it. It doesn't look cool when you're at the free-throw line um, all by yourself and you brick a bunch of free-throws in a, you know, in a crucial game and crucial moments. Do you think that plays a role into why he's not doing some of these things in-game? Yeah, so, like, I actually give him credit. He put in a lot of work in his jumper in the offseason, but it will not show up in games. There is absolutely a fear of failure aspect to this. Like, this is a guy who he would have a turnaround, you know, jumper out of the post where he would fade away for no other reason. Like, he wasn't trying to create space. It was so that there was almost like a built-in excuse so that if you missed it, hey, that was a tough shot. That was a fadeaway. That was a turnaround. And it almost became a habit based out of nothing more than a fear of failure. So I think there is a huge aspect to that. You know, I, it's like you said, standing at the free throw line can be a, a cold, lonely part of the sport. And I think there is a, a huge aspect in, in all of his game. And like I said, I think he has a real aggressive defensive mindset. I give him a lot of credit for that. But yes, yeah, so I 100% think there's a feel, fear of failure aspect to this. So, but this team is still good, right? Like, I, like it seems very negative to start this conversation out, but I, like I picked them in the preseason to make the finals because I do think they're set up to beat Milwaukee of last year. Um, and, and if Milwaukee shows the same stubbornness that they showed in the playoffs uh, this year as they did last year, then I think they're very beatable, especially for the Sixers team. But where do you measure them against, you know, this Milwaukee juggernaut so far this season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think coming into the season, I had it about a 50, 50 proposition. I would certainly drop that. You know, I think Giannis just taking another ridiculous step in his game, um, which he does like clockwork year after year changes that equation. And the Sixers have not looked as good really on either end of the court. Uh, they show flashes of being dominant defensively, but maybe not quite the consistency you expected. And the offensive problems are, are there. So I think the Sixers have been a little bit worse. I'd give them maybe a 25, 30% chance of beating Milwaukee, but I think it's certainly there. Like I expect him to win 55, 56 games, advance to the Eastern conference uh, finals and give them a, a run. Uh, so I think it's going to be a, a, a successful season in that context for sure. Yeah. Uh, going into going into the Christmas Day game, uh, outside of winning, like what do the Sixers need to show against against Milwaukee, just in terms of making them feel like this gap isn't that you know isn't that big between the two teams, or maybe they don't even feel yeah. there is a gap. You know, I think there's two things. I think first of all, how 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 well do they defend Giannis? Like I think you can go back even to the Al Horford signing. He defended him so much in that series in the playoffs last year. I think there was a, a real look to the the future and to the Bucks in that signing. I think they wanted, you know, Joel Embiid was their best defender against Giannis last season. You don't want him doing that for 45, 50 possessions a game. So I want to see how, how Horford, you know, goes up against Giannis and how he fares in that regard. 
how Ben Simmons, who got destroyed by Giannis in a couple of regular season games last year, can he? Can you throw him at him for ten possessions and him not get destroyed? And also, like, how do they look shooting the ball? Like, they just went through a three game stretch where they played as much zone as anybody has in the last thirty years against against zone defense as much as anybody has. And I think their confidence was shook when they started missing some some shots from the perimeter. And the Bucks are another team will they will willingly concede those shots from the perimeter. Can the Sixers make them? You know, can the Sixers capitalize on that? Can they take advantage of that? Or will they play right into Milwaukee's hands? I think those, from a Sixers perspective, and then can you get Joel Embiid going because he's a, a great equalizer in a playoff series? How does he? How does he look against the, you know, Milwaukee's defense that really packs that paint? So with with the Sixers, do we feel they have enough depth? Um, cause what, what's the bench looking like right now? It's, it's, it's Matisse, it's, uh, Howell Neto, it's, uh, Mike Scott, uh, James Ennis is in there like that. Yep. That's, that's pretty much it at this point, right? Kylo Quinn you there. Yeah. Kyle, every now and then Kylo bit. Quinn, yeah. he's, he's actually been bumped, um, out of the rotation a little bit by Norvell Pell, which I'm sure about oh, two yeah, people yeah, yeah. in this podcast have yeah. a, a real familiarity with the six or eight, the, the guys that you mentioned, um, James Ennis. And Matisse Seibel are usually your first two subs. Mike Scott then comes in um, some work on cork out last minute. You know, it is not the world's greatest bench. You know, I think they have a couple of, of switchable wing players who really form the basis of that. And then one shooter in Scott who can get hot or can struggle. So I think they could clearly look to upgrade that. I think a ball handler, a perimeter playmaker, someone of that ilk off the bench would be great. I don't know how attainable that is, but it is, it is a, Bench has a couple of useful pieces, but is certainly lacking at high end talent. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how Elton Brand goes about like the buyout market, right? Like, how do you sell yep. a buyout? You know, a buy, buyout guy on um, on. Hey, the Sixers are actually the team where you want to be when it when it does look. I mean, it's just funny to me. Like, this team is so good, um, but at the same time, like everything looks constipated at all times. <laughs> Well, the path to it beating does look them a clogged, seems yep. so clear, right? Right, yeah. The yeah. path, yeah, you're right, Dave. Like the path to beating them does seem very clear. It's just every once in a while, Joel says, "Nah, screw this, I got it." Right, and then it's like, "Oh, right, this is what it could be." Yeah, it, it, it's clear for the three or four teams that have sort of like the the, the size and the ability to to, to execute it. Uh, but I would agree with that. And to the buyout market, it's a little bit tough because they could like they have so many big guys and, and big wing players that they can sort of like. You know, I think they're going to shrink their rotation a lot. So a, a guy might, you know, if you're a buyout guy, you want the chance to showcase yourself heading into your uh, free agency. And I think that might be there in the regular season. I'm not sure how much opportunity is going to be there in the playoffs. So. Well, all these teams should be trying to get Evan Fournier. I think he fits, you know, he fits the Bucks, He fits the Sixers. He fits literally every team that kind of needs a wing that can at least be a secondary playmaker, can shoot. Uh, I mean, he would slide into that. I think he would be perfect in that starting lineup. Um, but like you said, when the playoffs come, you know, everything's going to go through Embiid. Is that guy going to want to take a back seat? Whereas, you know, when the playoffs come for Orlando, he may be on vacation. That might be a better yeah. use of his time. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it's a, it's a great, cause this team is so, it's so weird. Like there's so many players, like someone like that would fit in well, perfectly with Ben Simmons and style of play. He wants to play. Uh, but then you have sort of like these two contrasting stars and you have them together sometimes, then you have them staggered and the team really takes on two different identities. So that's sometimes a tough sell too, because you don't know exactly, you know, how many minutes you're going to be able to, to fit in your skill set. It's a, it's a really weird team. 
You know how right. hilarious I found all of this? Um, speaking of weird, we haven't mentioned the $190 million man one time this entire conversation. Like, n- is anything expected of Tobias Harris? Like, is anybody... He got the sweetest deal ever. Like, yeah. does anybody... Does he ever get, like, responsibility or credit for, you know, the Sixers' failures or, or successes? Like, nobody talks about this dude. He went three weeks without making a three or something like that, and everybody was still talking about Ben Simmons' jump shot. So I think that <laughs> that's your answer. Yeah, because he's willing to take Well, it. I mean... <laughs> the other night against Dallas, I think he shot like two for 13 and everybody was still talking about Benton. It's absolutely true. The six stars dominate the conversation. He just had a, a month stretch where he played really good basketball uh, and really consistent basketball. He's sort of like that secondary or tertiary creator. Doesn't really create much for his teammates. His defense has been a lot better this year. He's oddly stopped making threes at a high clip. He's, he's had a sort of up and down year. You know, I think they need him. That $190 million contract is, is too much. But I think this team just feels like they're one piece away. A, a, a Lillard type at the high end, a Brogdon type, somebody that can create like that. And all of a sudden, all of these pieces start making a little bit more sense. And I feel like Tobias is in there too. Because at times, they need him to be their number one option on the perimeter. And that's not really his game. That's not really his strength. But I feel like if they had one more piece, he would slide in there pretty nicely. Yeah, in, in his defense, like the spacing issues affect more than just Ben Simmons and For Joel sure. Embiid. I mean, it, it, he's taking tougher shots. Yeah, and he's taking them against threes. You can stay in front of him a little bit better. Uh, the weird roster fit impacts a lot of people. All right, check out Sixers Beat Podcast, your 76ers podcast from The Athletic, Derek Bodner, Rich Hoffman. Uh, really fun podcast. And you guys can, you guys can, you know, just bash Tobias Harris all season long. <laughs> but you really got to lean into him. Uh, Derek, thank you so much. Happy holidays and enjoy the yep. game on thank Wednesday. You. Uh, guys, I'm hungry. Bro, this is no frosty talk. S- starving <laughs> no frosty oh man well i can't believe was, isaiah thomas got suspended i mean i can't believe i get why they suspended him but i just think that's so weak uh yeah. on the ding was was laid out the best case for this frosty fan uh being an idiot i, I thought it was just like the perfect takedown well, uh, well it's simple zach the, the 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 lake the clippers excuse me have a deal with chick-fil-a where as you know if an opposing fan i mean excuse me an opposing player <laughs> Uh, misses two free throws in a row. Everybody in the building gets a free Chick Fil A chicken sandwich. Yeah, Chick Fil A chicken sandwich retails at about four fifty. The Frosty at Wendy's is on the dollar menu. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Like, you know, players make free throws all the time against the Clippers, and nobody's, you know, called them out their name yeah. and talked about their mother and all of that. It's just weak sauce by those fans out there. Uh, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, no. Or Dollar Frosty. It's horrendous, horrendous behavior, and that dude should have been banned more than a year. Okay, it's not a oh we sensitive visit. No, that dude's trash. The dude's trash. He's a trash person. He's, he's gonna be a trash person the rest of his life. Don't let him back in. Wait, they actually banned I him? I missed that for part. a year. Yeah, for oh, what, yeah. twelve months. But the crazy, the crazy thing about it, it wasn't even his seats. So I would be pissed if I lent my seats to one of y'all and y'all like behaved that way and then got me banned. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, that wasn't even. They loan them seats. Like, go ahead. I ain't even going today. I got something to do, but y'all can use my seats for the night. And you got me banned for the year? Come on, bro. Yeah. Nah. Um, Speaking of Frosties, guys, I'm hungry. I could really, but I can't get up and go make food, right? Like, it's just like we're podcasting right now. And so by the time I get to eat, like, you know, we're probably probably talking four or five hours from now, and I just can't handle that. I I wish I had DoorDash to deliver some food. 
DoorDash. It's a long day at work. It's a long day of podcasting. I don't feel like going out. I don't feel like cooking anything. I can get DoorDash. Sweatpants are on because it's freezing here in Salem, Oregon. I'm going to get them to bring me a Frosty, maybe some Popeye's chicken, or maybe, you know, some brunch or something like that. Guys, it's the only way to it's the only way to get food delivered. DoorDash. Like you can get any of those like those like hipster, uh, you know, uh, restaurants that Waz frequents all the time, you know, where you got to make sure you got to have like a secret code to get in and all that stuff. Like those underground places that Waz will only eat at. They got make those you on with there. Your hands, all of that you eat with your okay. hands. Yeah. Farm to table. You know, Waz loves that farm to table. Um, so they got those. You want chain restaurants, you know, California Pizza Kitchen, Cheesecake Factory, Wendy's, all that stuff. They got it all right on DoorDash. It connects you, your favorite restaurants, super easy. Choose what you want to eat. Just delivered in almost no time. Over 340,000 restaurants in over 3,300 cities. Uh, couldn't be easier. And right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BACK. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code BACK. Don't forget, that's promo code BACK for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. You know what's actually solid? DoorDashing ramen. Because they bring everything in like separate yeah. containers you get to mix your own in. I, I don't mind that. I, do I don't pho. like that. I don't like I, that. I don't order pho like that. And nah, because well. like the, the bowl, the transfers, it doesn't like equal out. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. you gotta have you gotta, yeah, you gotta, have you gotta your use your own bowl. You gotta yeah. use your own bowl. Yeah. yeah, and then also like it just doesn't hit the same, man. When you're trying to add the condiments to it and, and doctor oh, I like it up, that. I, like I don't that. mind it, man. I like it. Yeah, on it's a rainy day, it works well is, for me. No, it's not. Like I'm saying, breeze. I'm just saying, like I like it, but not at the crib. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like at the crib, it's just it's just a lot going on, bro. A lot of splashing. A lot of. I agree cooking. with you now. I agree. You don't, you don't have a bib. I, I oh, totally no, you gotta go bib, man. Yeah, I'm with Dave. You gotta go bib. Absolutely. I totally bro. agree with this take. You know, you you pour it into the new bowl. The yeah. water splashes out. It gets on your table. It's room temperature water. <laughs> well, it well, goes oh. to places where they they feed him the ramen themselves. Right. right? Like he doesn't true. have to use his hands at all. Well, I mean, noodle you go pulling, to these places right? where they don't feed you the ramen, where they keep it <laughs> within a glass. What, what, what is this place? I'm saying they they, they legitimately feed you. You don't have to use your hands at all. You're just sitting there. You say it's ramen. Like I'm a, in the middle like, of a like, take about you know Pelosi or something. Like I'm a Greek god, and they're feeding me grapes. And se- exactly. Except, uh, but they're just dangling the you know the the ramen in front of you. Yo, breaking news from Fred Katz. The Wizards officially announced that they've signed Gary Payton the second. Oh. Well, all right. Well, should we emergency pod, guys, or do you want to get to why the Warriors are still on Christmas Day? Shouts to the Goodwin still working. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Fred's it's, having it's, lunch it's, with uh, his parents. I tried. So even like, uh, I am a, I am so jealous of you, He's LA breaking, people. He's breaking news at lunch with his parents. Look at that. That's dedication. I'm with Dave. I don't think he's that good. You know, uh, I, he's he's good all out of nowhere. There's some performance enhancing stuff going on. Hey, that, that's interesting, but I want to say that I'm very jealous of you guys out there in L.A. because there's an outpost of Mian, M-I-A-N, in Vegas, and it's already in my top five places. And I think there might be multiple locations down there in L.A. I mean, you, you spell like that steak? again, is that where, please? Is that where you had Ethan? the steak, Ethan? No, that is not where I had the steak. That's um, where no, you that was, was at with KP and um and Which and one was that? Which food yeah, dish yeah, is that you showed us? Um, that was uh, spicy cold noodles, and it's Ooh. in a oh, spicy. Yes. I saw. Yeah, I love that. Spicy kind of peanut sauce, garlicky. That's and, the best. And uh, Nate, 
Nate Duncan and I went there with KP and then we went there the next day for lunch. We went back and uh, yeah. Nate was eating it and he was, said, it's, oh, it's been 20, 23 hours too long since I ate this. Oh, he just <laughs> loved it. Wait, what's the name um, of this spot again, please, Ethan? Uh, Mian. M-I-A-N. Yeah. You like this the Chinese restaurant? Of Siam? Can we bypass the game preview and just talk about what lunch is like with Nate and KP? <laughs> oh, so. Did, did oh Nate drink God. milk there? Uh, Nate did not drink milk, but Nate is in many ways a great person to eat with and in many ways a difficult person to eat with because the man is a giant. He's going to eat as much as uh, for yeah. two people. Money is no object because he is he is the one without a kid in many instances. Um, <laughs> and I, I, we went to Momofuku actually for dinner and there were some, some mutual friends there and Amin, Amin was there and Nate just announces to Amin – before the dinner starts, he goes, I mean, just so you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to be $200. And it means eyes just bug out of his head. I want to make fun of Nate drinking milk all the time, but he's also a giant. So like clearly it worked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't run it up to 200, but Nate, I mean, Nate eats seriously. Uh, there were some serious eaters within the NBA industry. Kevin Arnovitz is another one. Oh, um, my God. Yes. That's a yeah. very different kind of eating, though. Let me just break in here. There's like, like Kevin is Kevin is no. uh, Kevin is is selective and Nate is volume. Yeah. But, but I would rather. I went to Kevin's uh, two weeks ago and he made chili. Oh, my God. Yeah. This was an experience. That's incredible, yeah. Chili. But 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 I would rather eat with Nate than eat with Kevin because Kevin. It, it's just my taste aligned with Nate's taste. Well, Kevin well, and, Kevin will rush you, right? Artifits will rush you. Well, well, Kevin doesn't really like messing around with noodles. He doesn't like spicy food, and so he doesn't like the splash. Yeah, he doesn't like the splash. And by the <laughs> way, in the background, my 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 twenty month my twenty month year old is uh, not year old twenty month old is. Uh, is home because it's winter break, so there's no daycare, I, so there will be some no, noise in the background. I'm just, I'm just saying. I do not like. It. I do not like the 20 months. Uh, it's confusing measurement. I don't like. I don't want to do math here. Just tell my kids a year and a half. Right? <laughs> I, like those two months are meaningful, Zach. Are they? Yes. Oh At that almost age, two. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, almost two is fine. Almost two is good. Yeah. So he might be coming over, causing chaos. He tends to, when I'm on the laptop, uh, try to hit the keys of the keyboard as hard as he can. Um, so anyway, that's just that's just an explainer of what's going on in the background. But yeah, uh, Mian, I'm not being paid by them. I wish there was a location in the Bay Area uh, that was anywhere approaching just what I get from them. And I, it was just perfect. It's exactly what I want. I like noodles, spicy, vinegary that's what I'm into. That's what I want. That's what they have. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> um, what is the most redeeming thing that can happen in a Rockets Warriors game on Christmas? Like, what's the way to make it worth it? Harden scoring 70. That's all. That's it, right? Like, he's yep. got to go. He's got to have a crazy day. And that's I want exactly him to just it. do it. Just do it. Beat it. Oh, like, yeah. let's, let's have and fun. If they're, and if they're up 40 in the game and he's got like 50, like, keep him in. Keep them in. Yeah, the yeah. league should send them a memo. There say, are only hey. two options. Two options. The one that you're talking about, where Harden sets a scoring record, 
or the Rockets somehow lose to this Warriors team and it's funny and we can all laugh about it. I think those are the only two options. Otherwise, yeah. it'd be just a, a, a 25 point Rockets win. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, who cares? What if the Rockets took zero three pointers just because? Uh, it's not the they, they still win by 30. Yeah, oh, so that, that, but that would be that would be a, that would be like a Christmas, just a Christmas day here. This is we're, we're going to do something different for you all. Let's uh, you know, or or if James Harden drops like thirty, but only shoots right handed. Yeah, right. I, I, I think 70, like tries to Larry Bird. Seventy points with fewer than ten free throw attempts. I bet Ooh. I could have quizzed all the Warriors executives at the Winter Showcase, um, and they wouldn't have even known who they were playing on Christmas. They have fast forwarded to the summer. I, I, <laughs> yeah, just, that's hysterical. I'm serious. They're not looking at this right now. <laughs> wow. And you pretty much know what you have. You know, Pascal, good. Jordan Poole, not so much. Um, Okay. Is this a nightmare? Is this a nightmare scenario for you, Ethan? Because not only are the Warriors not interesting in any way to cover, but also all the top prospects in the draft are now out. Like, um, no one gets, I guess it's just Anthony Edwards no, still gets to play, is, and that's it. This is fertile yeah. ground for fraudulence. Right now, I can just start proclaiming opinions on the NBA draft, and since nobody knows anything, they're just looking for somebody to give them some sort of guidance. I think I <laughs> yep. can get a lot of clout. I just love the idea yeah, of you. There's pissing a shortage off Sam. of people with yeah. There's a shortage of people with fraudulent draft opinions. So that's a, <laughs> there's yeah, a real that's there's a real niche there that, that, that just, needs filling. I love the yeah, idea of you pissing off Sam, Sam Vecini. Like just Sam Vecini just doing like bench presses, just going Ethan Strauss, just pissed <laughs> off. Given well, even the even the fraudulent aren't confident on this one. If you just express some confidence, if you just go oh. Course, like Lamelo, number one pick, he's going to be amazing. You know that's that's going to that's going to result in some cut. Now it will maybe all up end when the players start playing next year, but by then you've moved on. Yeah, you've seen the exactly. You moved on to the next draft and the next proclamation. Yeah. So, I Ethan, think what's what's our step timeline, man? You can always go back one? and edit your articles anyway. You know, exactly. our step timeline of when <laughs> Raymond when Ritter comes back from his hand. Too I, think, yeah, I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about the step timeline of when Raymond Ritter tells you that the photos were fraudulent. Um, but yeah. Oh, no. Whoa, Ethan. What are you doing, bro? No, I just I, – look, I heard, what are about, we doing that whole, with that I heard about that whole thing at Summer League, and I was just laughing because I was picturing just the war room of how this gets handled. Just Wait, hold on, hold on. This happened during Summer League? Not summer league. I mean winter showcase. Hey, at the, oh, at, at the D League showcase. showcase. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I was it's like, damn, it's been I'm, out there since, since July. Yeah, yeah, that was a that, that was a Pavlovian. I'm in Las Vegas. I'm watching players who can't make the NBA. I must be at summer league. Um, yeah, it's it was just I was just laughing, wondering who makes what call. How does this strategy get decided upon uh, for what they broadcast out there? Um, to me, you don't say anything, and you dare a media member to ask somebody of any prominence on the team. Once you talk about it, it becomes this aggregatable thing. Yeah, just don't talk about it. You dare somebody like Ethan to show up to a press conference and ask Steve Kerr about <laughs> Steph Curry's dick. <laughs> It's like, wait, what? Everybody would be, everybody would turn against you. They'd be like, wow, what a freaking asshole. 
I feel like that would have happened back in the day when the Warriors were so great that there was international media from everywhere and some people didn't mm, care. He's yeah. like, hey, Mr. Kerr, uh, how did you <laughs> react to seeing that you were a star you, player? Steph? <laughs> how do you game plan around Steph Curry's peen? I guess that's a question for his wife. Um, yeah, but don't you think if, if, it, if it's not true and it's a hoax, don't you feel like you're compelled to tell the world about that, or it's just it's not even worth it? I don't think you. I don't think you address it because it's gonna disappear. It's gonna be something like yeah. You know, it, cycle it's been so too many. It's been too many leaks, man. Yeah, yo, there was a lot of leaks this week. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it went back to the iCloud days, bro. <laughs> yo, yeah, it was like the fappening on Twitter. Um, yeah. for That's why I only take Polaroids. It's only, I only mail Polaroids. Was. <laughs> Old snail mail. That's nice. That's smart. That's that's smart. (laughs) Slow burn. We talk about food again. We talk about food again. Copy right there. (laughs) Seth, you don't want Seth. You don't want the joke that we can all make with you asking that in this subject. no, just like Christmas first, at home. I spent the first ninety seconds of that that conversation having no idea what you guys were talking about, and now you have too much. It did, idea. it did get better from there. So thanks, guys. <laughs> Took me a while to get peen. That's that's for sure. It's a weird one. Yeah, this draft. Uh, everybody hates this draft. I mean, I'm writing that in my little rundown of the uh, showcase. Uh, they. Uh, you know, it's I, maybe it's Ethan, like Ethan, this. You really should have dropped. Like, speaking of Lamelo Ball, like then you know, then say mm. everyone hates this draft. That's how you transition. Yeah. Ah, that's mm. a good segue right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, why, my why does just happy every- that these guys shut it down in Australia so they're not having to be there during <laughs> holidays? <laughs> they're not. I don't think they're happy about that at all because a lot mm. of these uh, a lot of these people have already booked their tickets. I mean, the uh, wow. the the people from the Warriors who are going to Australia are still going anyway. They're going to space. Oh. Yeah. oh, they didn't cancel. Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, what's the thinking there? Like, I'm going to go talk to his coaches and teammates? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I'm going That's to a the, beach. Is, is yeah. The, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's summer. It's summer there. It's summer. It's summer. There's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the big you know, thing I'm going to Australia anyway. was sweet, sweet per diem. So let me, <laughs> let me just do that. That's, that's the thinking there. Let me you know, let all, you behind the all, curtain a little bit. Well, it's I don't think the guy, the guy going, I, now I'm thinking about the per diem and how that's all handled because Kirk Lacob is the guy going to Australia. And oh maybe, yeah. It's like you're well, paying yourself with the per diem. Yeah. I, I, I see this oh, as a rip, great man. story, Ethan. I think you should join him. I should join. You think the athletic uh, is like, hey, we've opened our budget up for the year. It's at the beginning. You can start burning through it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go. I got all the spots you need. Yeah, let's go let's to Illawarra. Um, yeah, I'm down. You can now also down. visit with Andrew, you know? I can, and uh, I've also made some other connections out there. They're very inviting, the people who run the NBL. They are. They they roll out the red carpet. They want they more want media. The, they want the coverage, yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're into it. Um, and I like it. I mean, I love watching those timeouts where the coaches are yelling at their players and telling you what the plays are going to be. I'm really into that. I think that it's voyeuristic and it's against the spirit of how we've watched NBA basketball, but let's do it anyway. I, I yeah. like it. Popovich yes. would quit on the spot. I mean, they try to on do the it. That's the problem is they try to do, do they still do that wired thing? Yeah, come on, guys. Might as well More do it for intensity. real. 
If you're gonna do it, do it. <laughs> no half measures. No, it's, yeah, it's like look. Draymond's <laughs> being nice to everybody, not cursing on all yeah, the footage like, that we see on TV. Like, yeah. Jordan like, Bell right, guys. <laughs> dunk. Camera's on, guys. Like, okay. <laughs> like, so yeah. hold on, Ethan. You don't like anybody in the draft either. No, it's not about not liking anybody. It's that there's no. There's no hierarchy of this guy is obviously going to be good. Just oh, so there's no him. Andrew Wiggins. Um, well, I think <laughs> that's what I love about these projections. It's like what? There's no Anthony Davis. There's no Zion. There's no you definitely you take this guy if you get the number one pick. But it's 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 bigger than that. I mean, it's I honestly could see a guy who's undrafted as emerging as the best player from this draft. Um, I could see that happening. Like, it would not shock me. I mean, okay, I'll give it, I'll give it a little bit away because I'm writing this. I mean, I at um, Ashton Hagens uh, of UK, for instance. I understand why he is ranked outside the the first two rounds in most projections, and I could also completely see a scenario where he emerges as the best point guard and best pick of the draft and that's this kind of draft where the separation between top five and an undrafted guy just doesn't seem to be much of a separation okay that's too far <laughs> like I, I see what you're i see what you're saying but but uh, 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 next uh, like, like uh, really you're you're confident lamella ball who's been ranked at number one is gonna emerge no. better than Ashley oh no no, no 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 but but i but i feel pretty confident that like one of the these guys who has been on the radar as you know, but Lamelo Ball's prospects. ranked, but Lamelo Ball was ranked by ESPN at number one, and Hagen's is ranked as undrafted. <laughs> so I think like that's yeah. just an example of how that kind of thing can happen. How many social I mean, media followers I, does I'm that pretty, Hagen guy have? I'm I'm reasonably <laughs> confident that Lamelo Ball has a better, a significantly better chance of being an impact NBA player than Ashton Hagen's. Like, I'm, yeah, uh, which is which I think like, is why yes, it could. Would, it could work out the other way, but like Hagen's like, you know, if you're going to tell me that the guy picked 15th is, has a, has as good a chance of being the, 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 the best guy in this draft as the guy picked first, I'll come with you on that. Sure. But like, you yeah, know, yeah, but Lamelo has what, what's Lamelo's true shooting in Australia right now. And he's shooting 46% on two pointers. I mean, I don't think like I get the argument for why he might be ranked number one, just because his court vision is handle, a plus right but considering just the lack of efficiency the lack of efficiency around the rim um that's not that's not just something you're confident in so what you're doing right there is you're going to say that oh he has the ceiling he could potentially access but that's not that's just not what you want in a top five pick and i think oh i, I mean maybe, i agree with that maybe anthony edwards at this point is the guy that you're hearing that's that, what that, i was gonna yeah. ask you guys besides Lamelo and the wiseman kid who quit like who else are people even talking about isn't that what isn't that what he did he's like i'm out of here i'm taking I my mean, talents to the nobody's facility. No, nobody's charging me eleven thousand to play college basketball right. i'm sorry yeah. so, <laughs> so so that's automatically out but uh that's like 10 percent of his salary this year yeah you yeah, yeah you're supposed to you're supposed to make money under the table not give money over the table that's not how that works <laughs> yeah yeah so um, anthony edwards like i like that kid i mean I, i'm not sure what the the draft is like the the strength of it um but it seems like he could be obviously top three he he Sometimes lacks motivation, but he can play. He can, he's like a damn good scorer inside and out. 
Um, I got a chance to watch him play against Arizona State. His team isn't that good, um, but we've seen future pros in the past play with bad teams and just kind of pack it in and still be able to tr- translate their game over to the NBA. This kid is 6'5", 225, um, point guard. You know what I'm saying? He's a point guard that can go back to the basket and throw a jump hook. He can shoot the deep three. He can draw a foul. He can do a pull-up jumper. He can take someone off the dribble. So his upside is is there. I mean, I would like to see him on the defensive end, but like Carmelo told me, was that no one in the NBA plays defense, so he should be okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. It's I can't believe he's, just, I still can't believe he said that to me. Oh, well, I was. That's like I, if, I, that's like a husband telling his wife, like, oh, "Come on, baby, no, nobody who's married is faithful." Like, what are you talking about? Like, come was, on, but I was trying to help him out. That. Zach, I was trying to help him out. No, I know. No, I I know you were. No, I watched it. I know you were. Um, I just like if I could get him saying that, like in real time, like get a moving picture of him saying that tattooed on my body, I would do it. Like that was just like when he said that, I was just like, oh, I put my hands over my heart. I'd like, you know, I felt so warm inside. Like it was just great. Like that was just, oh, I loved it. It was so gold. It was like I asked him the most disrespectful question ever. He just sat back and he's just like, really? Was that a question? Which which part? I'm like. Okay, uh, like <laughs> it's a it's just it's phenomenal. All right, let's let we get, talk about going fifty percent from shooting. You know what I mean? Like, all right, that, yeah. that's cool. This is your fourth good game of the year? Cool. Yeah. But I'm trying to highlight that you had two key steals, and you're like, oh, nobody plays defense anymore. And I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm trying to help get another year like Vince Carter, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen to House of Strauss. Read Ethan's draft coverage. I don't know what the hell he does anymore. Read yeah, Ethan's draft no, coverage. And he's going to come back to gambling at some point, too, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Read the, uh, the the showcase rundown I have coming out. It's uh, the thing. I, I, the thing that's great about the showcase. It's like a condensed summer league where you talk to a lot of people from a lot of teams. Get a sense of where the league is. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll see you guys. Next Buy the time. book. Buy the book. Buy the book. April fourteenth, the, the Victory Machine. All right, I'm out, Victory guys. Victory Machine. All right, later. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. We gotta, we gotta get a wrestler to do us a promo. Um, the Victory Machine. No, no, no one's feeling that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think King Kong Bundy would have killed that promo. All righty, Mo's here. What's up, Mo? <laughs> Mo What's up, guys? I just doing, assumed buddy? I was just gonna. I was just going to hang out and listen while you guys were Yeah, were shut up, Mo. Uh, <laughs> Damn, it's like I'm back home all of a sudden. What just <laughs> happened? <laughs> it's, like we're, it's like we're sitting courtside at like Clippers warm-ups and Mo's trying to have a conversation. <laughs> I'm just spouting off nonsense for no reason. Uh, all right. What should be the game of Christmas Day, Clippers, Lakers, Clippers at Lakers. I can't remember who the road and the home team is in this one. Clippers at Lakers, I believe. So – one of the hosts of tampering, the tampering podcast. There's a lot of tampering with both these teams over the last couple of years. The Lakers and Clippers, Joe Varden joins us. Joe, can we be rest assured that everyone will be healthy when it comes to the stars and playing this game and give us the Christmas gift we need? Gosh, I hope so. Um, I, I think LeBron will, will give it a go. The Anthony Davis thing. Um, it, it concerns me a little just because, he, I think like in game three or four of their trip, their recent trip, he turned his ankle and he stayed in and uh, said he was, you know, he was fine and then missed the next game against the Pacers. And so you worry 
that he shows up today to the facility and he doesn't feel the same and, and he's tight. And, um, you know, I guess the good news is, is you've got a couple days in between these games. So, you know, people were going crazy when the Lakers and Clippers played each other to open the year and Paul George didn't play. So we didn't get, get the true sense of where everybody is. Um, if we can get all the stars on the court, on Christmas, which certainly the networks want, and we want it too, then then maybe we can start to figure this out a little bit. So where where are where's the these two teams in terms of the war of words? Because we had LeBron maybe taking a subtle shot at the Clippers organization by saying, "Why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? If I'm healthy, I don't know if a kid's going to be out there. Whatever, right? Kind of takes a shot at load. Well, it definitely takes a shot at load management. It could be you know, kind of twisted into a shot at the Clippers and Kawhi. And then Doc comes out like two middle fingers blazing saying, oh, the Lakers just do whatever LeBron says it is. That's the company line for them. So like how much hatred is there or how much of a uh, is of a like a tiredness of these two teams is there? You know, I, I don't know if it's still quite there yet. I mean, we need Pat Beverly to, you know, I, I don't know who it would be, if it would be Rondo or if it would be LeBron or 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 not. I don't know if you can rile up Danny Green, but we, we need something like that on the floor to really kind of take the match and ignite this thing. Um, but it's it is simmering a little bit. You know, I, I mean, LeBron is actually one of the reasons is, is one of the reasons why the NBA polices, quote, load load management. So he's got some somewhat revisionist history here. Uh, but lately, he's been really good with this. I mean, two years ago, he played all 82 games. He missed this game last night because he was actually hurt. Um, he wants to be out there playing. And then, you know, uh, with with the Clippers, I mean, they have been having a great year. They're a little bit annoyed that their ratings still are what they are compared to the Lakers um, and sort of the attention that the Lakers are getting, especially because the Lakers are good now. And so, yeah, it's starting to rub on them a little bit, but we need something on the floor to really set this thing off. But you, you know the thing too, though, Joe. It, it's actually building more than that. Like you could see it amongst the fan bases. Okay. Like Laker fans before never really paid attention to what the Clippers are doing, but now it's there's there's stuff where you see like the regular Lakers Twitter guys going like, "Oh man, if if the Lakers started out this the same record as the Clippers, everybody'd be all over them or whatever." It's almost like they're paying attention more than they ever have to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then you have in L.A., we have those billboards where the Clippers are trying to paint themselves as the we we don't care about the spotlight. We don't care about the worst the, marketing the in the world. Oh, oh it's, it's terrible because the thing is you can't pitch that and then have your star player load manage half the time. Like mm-hmm. it just it, it's just you, like also, a you can't pitch streetlights over spotlights and then have the opening of the season be Kawhi with Arnold Schwarzenegger in a commercial. That's not how that works. <laughs> there is uh, there is quite a wall of separation between the Clipper marketing people and their basketball people, yes. and I think that, that's yes. kind of where I wanted to go with this. Um, is is the way the Lakers and the Clippers have approached this year now? For years, when LeBron was in the middle of his eight finals in a row run, he could give a shit about the regular season. Um, You know, 60% effort on defense, just kind of manage your energy because he knows he's going to play until June. Okay. Uh, That is how the Clippers are doing this. And privately, they say, gosh, if we could keep Kawhi just off the floor until March, we would do that. 
Um, but you know, they'd, they'd have to pay a lot of money in fines. So, I mean, they, they do not care about this regular season. They are building for the postseason. That's where they, you know, they're all in on a championship this year and next the Lakers, because of who they have at the front of their roster, theoretically are the same way, but last year went so poorly for them and for LeBron. And you've got this first year partnership with LeBron and AD that, that there was a little bit more of, of an urgency to how they carried themselves during the regular season. Some of these games and so, and the winning streaks and things like that ha- really did matter more to the Lakers than they would to a LeBron team early on in the year. And I think that's one of the things that's fascinating coming into Christmas is the Lakers have lost what three in a row. Um, and they're, they're slipping a little bit. I mean, you see some cracks, you know, for this reason or that health, long road trip, that kind of stuff. Whereas the Clippers, you know, I mean, they, they don't, they, they didn't play Kawhi. They didn't play Pat Beverly against the Thunder the other night. They, they don't care about any one of these games in particular. How much of this is LeBron knowing that there's less ahead than, you know, behind obviously and, and and kind of, uh, savoring this a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think, First of all, I agree with you guys that there there probably was a little bit of a subtle shot at the Clippers when he said what he said. But but I also think it was true. I, I, I do think that LeBron is very self-aware um, with, when it comes to this and, and very and he, he understands that some of these fans, you know, he's been in the league so long that there's like a whole new generation of NBA fans that are going to these games and maybe haven't had the same opportunity to see him. Um, uh, of the the fans that were going to the games when he used to take a night off in Memphis and say, what I've, I've been playing in this league every night for 13 years. Everybody's had a chance to see me. Well, he, he's not saying that anymore. And so I do think he kind of knows that, that the, that, you know, the end's not coming tomorrow. It's not coming next year, but it's, I mean, there's, he's got less left to play than maybe he ever thought or ever like bothered to realize. And so, yeah. So, so, so I think there is something to that for sure. Well, Joe, I like, look, I, I'm, this is very speculative. And so I don't want to, I don't want to put you in an unfair position, but I do wonder how much of that could be like an understanding between LeBron and maybe the league office of like, not them saying, Hey, you know, promote like playing and stuff for us, but it just mm-hmm. an understand like the load management conversation became toxic. We need to kind of go the other way with it. Yeah. I don't think that the league would ever have to say anything to LeBron. He's so good, uh, almost all the time. Um, when it comes to delivering his own message in the media and, and if, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm struggling because I know I was standing right next to him when he had the, uh, <laughs> when he had the Daryl Morey blast. And, and so I, I know he stepped in it there, but, but almost 98, almost all the time he knows how to do this. And yeah. so he sees the opportunity. He knows the other star in town is really bad about this and doesn't play back to backs and is sort of the poster child for load management. So LeBron on his own, knows that he can kind of put himself on the other side of that and, and score some points. Is there uh is there a chance that we see the Lakers, you know, kind of not show their cards at all on it? I mean, I, I don't know if Frank Vogel's that type of coach, but we do see coaches when in these big, you know, regular season matchups like Spolster in the past, you know, even doc to a certain extent uh, where they kind of won't show all their cards or do the Lakers just want to go out there and just beat their ass to beat their ass and kind of, you know, remind people like, Hey, we're supposed to be the dominant team of LA. We have the stars. 
Yeah, I think both. I think um, I think that the Lakers are gonna are gonna try to go out there and and, and win that game. Um, and that sounds ridiculous, but but yes, I mean they they, they are gonna go out there looking for blood, for sure. Um, if for no other reason than they do not need a four game losing streak hanging around their necks. Um, yeah. The, the Clippers, on the other hand, I mean, you just mentioned that Doc does that. I mean, shit. Ty Lue, like was that's how he coached in Cleveland. He would yeah. sandbag, just sandbag and sandbag all year long. Take his losses, wouldn't care if Cavs, Cavs finish first, great. If they finish fourth, whatever. Um, and then come playoffs, he'd hit every series with something that that these you know that the opponent had not seen at all during the regular season. So um, he's on the Clipper bench now, coaching right next to Doc. So yeah, I, I would say. Of the two, if there's going to be a gimmick or if there's going to be a certain um, want to, I, I would I would put it more on the side of the Lakers, especially because the way they kind of got shown up on opening night by the Clippers, right? Like the Clippers came into that game with a lot of juice on opening night, ready to really kind of go at the Lakers. So I can kind of see the Lakers a little bit also having some want some vengeance or something, you know, to kind of come back from that a little bit, kind of pay back the Clippers for that. uh basically that ass whooping they put on him on opening night. Yeah. You know, I, I was, that was so strange. Um, I mean, really, if you look at that game, I mean, you know, they didn't have Paul George, but Kawhi was excellent. He totally controlled the second half of the game. The Clippers depth showed, uh, in, in tremendous ways. And then you had LeBron who hadn't played, uh, an organized basketball game in what, like eight months. It was, it was the longest layoff of his career by far. It's not even close. And he wasn't that good. Um, he just looked, he looked slower. He, it, it, I was actually really concerned for him to, to watch that game and, and see that that was the level at which he played given, given the layoff. He of course has been awesome since no doubt about it. Um, MVP candidate, whereas no one on the Lakers or no one on the Clippers is going to, is going to be there in that, in that discussion. So he's, he's fine, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 there was a little bit of legging leg or egg laying going on on the part of the Lakers. And I think it started with LeBron. I, I don't want to get really into a ratings conversation cause I'm just sick of the ratings conversation, but oh, like yes, the, the league, the league really needs this oh, game to be a monster on Christmas day. Right. I was just Jake, thinking if this is a blowout, oof, it's worst case rough. scenario. Yeah. Well, you know what though? It, the, the worst case scenario isn't so much the blowout. It's if LeBron doesn't play and, and, or Anthony Davis doesn't play. And we hear about it like tomorrow, um, whatever, like if, as long as all four of these dudes are on the court, people are going to tune in and the ratings are going to be fine. Um, at least until the game gets away from one side or the other, like that's, that's one thing. If we have yet another marquee night, uh, especially after all the investments made in the Pelicans, and then what happened with Zion and then like, Oh my God. And then the, the couple times that Kawhi has just killed ESPN, uh, on some of their Wednesday night games. Like, <laughs> if they go into this, Christmas, say, Hey Joe, it's no work Wednesday. I'm the same way. I don't work on Wednesday. <laughs> you don't work on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, oh. any day that ends in Y I don't work on it. Oh, uh, well, you know, Hey, you'd fit right in with, with some of these NBA guys this year. I mean, so yeah, they need this. I mean, God, especially the, they're wrapping up with the Pelicans again. Oh, can you, you – know, is oh. there a possibility for a bigger drop-off than cl from Clippers-Lakers with those four playing to whatever this Pelicans-Nuggets game is going to be? Yeah, I won't be watching. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
Is there any way they drop like Zion? He parachutes out of the rafters and they, he's activated for the jump ball. You know, the opening yeah. tip off. Like Clay, that's the only way they save that, right? Clay Thompson it's on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. He'll be going to every game that day. Oh man, yeah, Rockets, Warriors. Oh, it's a mess. Thank, thank yeah. goodness for um, what's the other one? I like the Bucks and the and the Sixers. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, be that's, that's going to be good. Toronto, Toronto, Boston could be kind of fun. No, everyone's injured for Toronto. I know they just right. had to come back, know, but everyone's but like injured. Still, yeah, it'll be all right. It'll still be they're they're feisty. You never no, know when the nurse no, is going to pull not, out of his bag. I don't know if you I don't know if you heard, but the United States uh, does not like Toronto, so we don't want to watch Toronto. <laughs> I don't you know, I don't know if you've heard, Zach, but I've had a little bit of a feud in the past with Toronto. So <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's had a feud with Toronto at this point. Uh, all right, Joe. Uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, prediction on what we take out of uh, out of Wednesday's game between Lakers and Clippers. Like, what's the overall overarching story from this one? Um, you are either going to come away saying that the Clippers' depth is going to carry them very, very deep into the postseason, as in to June, or uh, you're going to say that the LeBron AD pairing is so formidable that it's it, it is enough to overcome the shortcomings that the uh, Lakers have further down the roster all right check out the writing on the athletic check out the tampering podcast one of the best podcasts out there every single week uh Joe Barton thanks so much man happy holidays yeah happy holidays thanks for having me guys I, I have a right, prediction guys. uh now, oh, real quick ahead. yeah if 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 the uh if the Lakers lose with LeBron and AD, it's going to be well. You know, LeBron's banged up, and so is AD. That's oh, that's what we're gonna we hear. got. Spin City here, right? That's yeah, what, we exactly. Can, what we we're going to spin hear. it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if the if the Clippers are down like twelve in the first half, I think Kawhi fakes a limp and walk and leaves the game. Nah, I think Doc probably just tells him <laughs> tells him to leave. Hey, man, go. <laughs> hey, you bro. know, listen. They, we, got thinking egg, about, we got some eggnog in the back, like we got. Hey, you know, he's so, a free oh, agent. Yeah. Before you know it, you know they want him. Hey, don't stick around for this blowout. Why don't you go enjoy Christmas? You know, you came to L.A. to be with your family. You know, go go be with your family. We'll we'll be fine right. here. Exactly. Go out to. He's not from Palmdale. Where is he from? He's like an hour away. Yeah, You got a long drive. Why don't you beat traffic? And and then you know. Because they're starting to tamper already for that next contract. Got to. Oh, you have to. Absolutely. <laughs> Can um, it be all right, guys. If it's your own guy. Yes. yes. The, the Bucks just got fined the for Bucks it. The Bucks got fined for yeah. it. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was. All right, yeah. guys. Uh, before we get out of here, let's get to our extensive Pelicans Nuggets uh, Christmas Day preview. All right, that was it. All right, uh, that's uh, that's gonna do it for Javon Edwards, Watson Lambert, Dave DeFore, Seth Parker, Mo Dacchio, uh, Jay King, Derek Bodner, Ethan Strauss, and Joe Varden. Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. Thank you for subscribing to The Athletic if you do that. If you don't, subscribe for yourself. Give yourself a gift. Give others a gift. And uh, happy holidays to everyone. We'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas, thank you very much. All right, y'all, guys, have a good week. Hey, Jade, holler at me real quick. So then I go to play for a legendary coach in high school at a big program. At the biggest school in the state, Northwest Class High School in Oklahoma City. And he hated my game. He didn't like me. I was a three-point shooter and a gunner before there was even a three-point line. He wanted me to be a point guard, and I felt like I didn't have the aptitude nor the desire. I clashed, I rebelled, in the bench. That was the end of my career. That's exactly what happened to me. It, it killed me. It, it was the worst experience of my sports life.
I was a three-point shooter and a gunner before there was even a three-point line. 